welcome everybody back to yet another episode of the pirate radio um we're back to talk about another tech talk pick that kind of intrudes in on our personal lives um it's been a interesting couple weeks for me as as we've been dealing with integration stuff at work and actually having some some new product launches and have really consumed me. So I'm, I'm very happy to get onto something totally unrelated to the cloud and talk about some other things. So Joe, how you been, man? I've been pretty good. It's, uh, it's been interesting to see people like in real meat space, you know, again, and actually find out what everybody's been up to and, and how well people are adjusting to coming back to in-person events as well as how people are reacting to all of the news that's going on lately. So it's, uh, it's interesting to yeah see people without the uh, social media filter and how they actually react in person to some of this stuff. Yeah. Some of us have, have maybe lost that, that uh, vocal filter that we have built out over the years. What about you, Jim? How you doing? I'm good, man. So would you say that you have been dealing with the cloud as well, but the actual white fluffy ones considering all your flights this week? Yeah, I've, I've been, uh, well, you know, fewer flights this week than last week at least. But uh, yeah, dealing with lots of clouds, a little bit of turbulence, you know, things are things are shaky out there right now. So Yeah, man. Yep. Yeah, so it's, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as Brian. I have been uh, dealing with some some interesting and fun times at work this week, but you know, on the other side of it, I've actually got pretty much all my vacations for the rest of the year locked down this week. So have that to look forward to. And, um, you know, some interesting projects and such, Matt, how about you? Uh, weather's getting nice up here. So, you know, definitely trying to take some time to get outside, you know, whether it's, yard work, you know, doing some basic woodworking, you know, anything like that. Uh, you know, taking the opportunity to step away from, you know, work at the end of the day and try to relax a bit more. More exciting news is I get to see Joe in the flesh in, I guess, what, somewhere just under two weeks now. So as he uh, yeah. rides the clouds up here to the great white north. So got the uh, Toronto user con coming up. So, and then after that, we got, uh, well, Jim, I got to see you in the, down in Vegas, V-Mine, woohoo, right? Um, so yeah, you know, it'll be great to actually see people in person versus, you know, just going back and forth with, you know, folks over Twitter or whatever as of late. But uh, yeah, looking forward to that. And, you know, I think the big topic of the day is obviously going to be Twitter, right? You know, big news this week. Yeah, so uh, the big news is, as we record this this week has been, you know, Elon Musk finally getting to the point where he got sick of of what he considers Twitter shenanigans and said, I'm just going to buy you and, and decide what you can and can't do. Um, you know, $44 billion to, to buy Twitter, take it private. Um, you know, he's made a bunch of promises about what he he wants to do. He's been, you know, encouraging people to, to support him and with uh, dangling the carrot of the edit button out there. Um, which I personally have a mix of feelings too. It's, it seems like a revisionist history type of type of move. Potentially um, he's promised open sourcing the algorithm so people can actually see what it's doing there. Um, I know I've heard a lot of people comment that the, the algorithm isn't this, uh, this big giant thing that's out there, but you know, is, is way more complex than just the algorithm. 
Um, and, you know, he's also promised he wants to shut down bots and make sure that everybody out there is an actual human. So um, that could have some interesting implications, um, especially if he forces people to actually be who they are and not hide behind, um, you know, kind of the, you know, the, the alt national parks type of an account um, that we we had for several years um, trying to trying to provide more transparency to government, I think was, was a fairly good thing, but um, yeah, I'll kind of leave all that out there for you guys and let, let whoever's got ideas to share. Yeah. I mean, so there's definitely some interesting things to me in his proposed changes. Um, interesting in both good and bad ways. Um, I mean, let me, pre- let me precede that by saying I will believe that this acquisition is going to go through when it actually does go through. I'm still, I'm still relatively convinced this is a very, very elaborate, a very, very large scale pump and dump, um, you know, buy $9 billion of the stock, speak it up to where you're going to buy the company for, you know, 20% over the premium. And then, oh, it didn't work out. And then I sell my shares of stock at the end of the day. Um, I don't know. But if it does go through and he actually, these things do happen, you know, the shut, shutting down the bots. I mean, especially if we can shut down all the, you know, the, for lack of a better way to put it, crypto and, 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 you know, anti-COVID bots and things along those lines. And those are just a couple examples of it. Um, that's really interesting. I, you know, we frankly talked a little bit before this about the edit button and I was the biggest person on God's green earth thinking that the edit button would be a great thing beforehand. As this becomes closer, I'm getting less and less enthused by it. Um, as one of my latest projects has been dealing with a lot of object storage and things that go with that. The concept of versioning seems better and better for me. If you're going to edit it, you ought to be able to click somewhere and then be able to see, you know, the previous versions. Um, What about you guys? Yeah. I wonder if they want to make us pay extra for non-immutable tweets. Um, I could definitely see him going for a business model like that. Yeah, have yeah, a Twitter right. pro mm-hmm. where you could, uh, you know, oh, buy your way out of stuff like that. I mean, it's not that different from what is it, LinkedIn for business or LinkedIn premium? Yeah, and, you know, he's he's said things along the lines of wanting to figure out new ways to monetize tweets. Um, and, and we've always kind of heard rumblings of a Twitter pro type, type of a model where there are features like that. So, yeah, I could definitely see that as, as a future. I, I can't imagine how trashy the platform would get if it went to a freemium model, right? Which, I mean, it's mm. it's been slowly migrating there and stuff like that, right? Seeing sponsored tweets and all the god-awful game advertisements and stuff that pop up in there make it bad enough to be on Twitter now. But I, I feel like what we all actually wanted on Twitter was the typo button, not the edit button, right? Because we mm. wanted to fix our goofy tweets where like, we tried to land a joke and, and, you know, flubbed whatever we were typing or something. But yeah, now realistically we look at it and the way that other people are going to abuse these tweets or use it to make a statement that will inflame somebody else in a bad argument, like edit the original tweet and then, you know, be posting screenshots of that before they like delete the whole thing. Right. It's, it's scary what somebody will, come up with the methodology to try and use that tool in a bad way. Yeah. So, I mean, first off, I think he 
you know, significantly overpaid for it. Last I checked, you could get Twitter for free in the app store. Right. So, um, but you know, failing that, um, you know, the, the whole edit thing, yeah, yeah. I love the idea of it for typos and, you know, I make plenty of typos regardless of if I'm on my phone, on the keyboard, whatever, I, I just can't type. Um, but, you know, being able to, I guess, see the original to me definitely adds some context. And even if you did it in such a way where you can't see the new tweet without seeing the original one, or you incorporate something like in Word when you're doing revisions and stuff, so you can actually see in a single tweet what was changed. Um, I think that would be interesting as well. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's also a matter of all the stuff could be used for, you know, quote unquote, evil as well. I love the idea of shutting down bots. To me, that's, I, I don't see a downside to that. Um, similarly, you know, personally, I don't interact with anyone who's really not using their full name on Twitter, who's not a real person. You know, at the end of the day, um, I want to know that I'm interacting with someone and not a bot. Yeah, but I mean, the bots have become such a prevalent thing across all of social media at this point. I mean, we had the thing a couple, was it a couple of weeks ago where they realized that a significant chunk of the um, profile pictures on LinkedIn, LinkedIn are generated by AI, um, you know, and, and Twitter, it's nothing new. You know, I'd almost be interested in, you know, I've so since I started using Twitter, I've used TweetBot um, for my daily driver. And in the past, what is it, guys? The last couple of years, um, mm. or at least the last year, About three or four they, years. Yeah, Twitter started charging for access to the API, um, so they passed that on as a fairly minimal month uh, annual cost for it. Um, and if that would be the quote unquote Twitter Pro, you know, so effectively. You know, you pay nothing and you get access to all the things in the Twitter app and you get the, um, you know, you get the ads and everything. But if you pay the X amount per year, you get access to the API and then there's all these different ecosystem of, you know, apps that feed into it that they have to pay back as well to start making new revenue streams. I could actually be pretty okay with that. To me, though, it's the other parts of what, you know, I guess Musk has really been talking about with this that kind of make me concerned you know the whole why are you buying it and the biggest reason is you know the free speech um component to it because i guess a few of his tweets have been you know marked as false or you know the protection against um fake news covid type tweets and stuff like that that's that's the part that actually kind of scares me i mean i know there's been comments about this being a, you know, Twitter being a, a de facto town square and stuff like that. And I don't know about that as well. What do you guys, how does that land for you all? So, you know, when I hear the term free speech, it, the first thing that comes to mind for me is primarily, you know, the U.S. definition of free speech, you know, as in the constitution and, you know, as a non-American, please feel free to clarify or correct me on this, but isn't the whole idea of free speech that the government can't stop you from providing, you know, whatever it is that you want to say. Last exactly. I checked, Twitter is a corporation, right? Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not trying to defend that people should be censored or anything like that. 
But at the end of the day, it's like, why are we treating this almost like a government-run platform or entity, right? To, to me, that's really the huge issue with any company, any social media company. Yeah, and that your interpretation there is is absolutely right. It's it's the government can't shut down speech. So the government going to Twitter and saying you have to shut these people down is different than Twitter saying we've set rules and you violated those rules, therefore you're off. Um, and unfortunately, like like any good tool in the toolbox, it could be it could be misused. It could be used for something that that isn't necessarily what it's there for, and it's. To me, it's kind of hilarious watching people in other countries use use that as a cudgel of why they should be able to say the things they want to say. Um, and, and, you know, the other thing that goes into it is that even when it comes to the government restricting speech, it's not open for anything. Uh, there are restrictions around there. Um, they've they've tread very lightly in defining where it can and can't go. Um, but there are some really hard lines that they have drawn that hopefully everybody would agree is for the best. Like if you're going out there and saying, you know, we need to, we need to put together this mob to go attack somebody. That's not free. Like you shouldn't be able to go around and say those types of things. Um, and that's, that's a little bit of where I personally, I like the de facto town square um, concept of things, because I think that's an important element of, of, of how democracy works. Like you need to have a place where people can go and have discussions in a, in a space where a lot of people are around um, to, to overhear things and to participate in those conversations. Kind of it's, it's why we all want to be in meet space with 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 our colleagues is because conversations flow much more naturally and much more smoothly. And unfortunately, there's not many places where everybody is hanging out that they are having public conversations so I think it serves a purpose. Is it the perfect tool to be that town square? No, but is it the best we've got right now? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, I think just the fact that it's the open platform that is intended to be accessible to everybody, but you know, yeah, to to the point that it's owned by a corporation, they run the platform, they make the rules. You don't like it, get out of playing the game, right? That's just kind of how it goes. But the fact that it does not require that you are connected to people or follow them the way that you have to on, on almost any other social media platform, like, you know, Facebook or LinkedIn or Instagram, if you want to throw in things like that, to just talk about, you know, people getting publicity for stuff and what they do or say or post Twitter. Yeah. has kind of become the thing where, I mean, it's, it's a legitimate enough source that people get instant access to, most people's crazy, random, unfiltered stuff that they put online that, I mean, screenshots of it make it to the news to be like a headline topic. Right. But my my one little pushback to the whole concept of the de facto town square kind of thing is, you know, there's a certain amount of vacuum that comes with Twitter um, and with any social media, to be real honest. Um, it is a platform, I think, you know, especially if you had gone back a few years, I think it definitely would have been more that concept. Um, I think today, um, just like everything else in American society has become very polarized. Um, at least the American, I guess the American point of view of Twitter, you know, Matt, you may, Matt or our other friends in Europe and Asia, you know, may have different views of how it is. 
but speaking as an American, it feels like it's a, a good, it's a mirror of the polarization, but the difference is, is there's a mute button. Um, so, you know, there's, there are people that, you know, I, I consider friends and especially during the pandemic and just kind of where we all went a little weird, I'll be the first to admit that there are people that I have muted. I've not unfriended them, but I have muted them at least for long periods of time. And, uh, um, and so I, you know, the whole thing about a town square is if you're standing in the middle of the time, times town square and somebody says something that the masses disagree with, um, to put it nicely, then the masses have the capability to kind of, you know, step in and say, no, don't do that. The Twitter equivalent to that is just don't listen to them just to pretend they don't exist at all. And that's walking report. I think that's partially. Yeah, it's partially it's it's partially how we get to where we are today as 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 at least an American society, if not a global one, where you know we all exist in our own vacuums and truly, really only hear the things to which we agree with sometimes. Um, yeah, and that's yeah. I mean, that's and to me, it's you know, in that way, it's part of the problem. But it's only one of the social media platforms, so it's only one of the town squares, um, if not one of the largest. So to me, one of the you know huge glaring problems really is the fact that we keep talking about these social media platforms, you know, Twitter, Facebook being town squares and, you know, again, to the whole freedom of speech talk and all that sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, these are all businesses, right? Like it, there just seems to be such um, a disconnect between what people think they're entitled to and not realizing that they're essentially the product, Right. If you're not paying for something, you know, you, the, the business is making money off you somehow. And like, I don't know what the solution to that would be, um, but it, it's crazy how this, you know, any of these communication platforms have become so politicized, right? And have been weaponized to some degree. Um, Jim, similar to you, my Twitter use has, you know, gone down significantly, um, which is kind of ironic, you know, especially early on in the pandemic when we were all stuck at home and nothing to do. I found myself being less and less involved on Twitter. And similarly, there are some folks who I just, you know, kind of stopped following or, you know, cleaned up my list a little bit. But when I do kind of wander off my beaten path of the usual folks that, you know, I interact with and maybe I start reading some random threads and stuff like that. Yeah, it just seems like a complete dumpster fire. Yeah, and I've I've always advised people that Twitter's got the tools to allow you to winnow down what you're seeing and avoid the algorithm altogether, quite frankly. Like I I purposely do most of my Twitter through through lists. So I have well-defined groups of people I want to listen to and look at and you know, more or less prioritize. So there's certain groups I want to I want to see everything that they say and I want to make sure I see it every single day. And that's the one I'll check a couple, three times a day, depending on the type of day. And then there's the next one. And then there's, you know, there's this one that's, you know, kind of the politics I care about type of thing. And so I winnow things down because, you know, quite frankly, you know, free speech allows for some really bad things. And and that's not a bad thing um, until we get to the point where it truly is um, against the betterment of society, if you will. Um, so, you know, things like hate speech, you know, we, we restrict hate speech because that makes people feel like they're not welcome and no one should be made to feel like they're not welcome in, in the grand scheme of things. Um, 
So to me, it's a lot of, you know, sometimes speech can be too free. Um, I, I do believe that there should be restrictions on it, um, that that not everybody should be able to say anything they want to anyone, especially in a, in a public forum. Um, but one thing I would love to see Twitter do if it really wants to be considered that de facto town square is to um, honestly walk back the algorithm a little bit and give more tools to being able to um, tweak the algorithm. Like one of the things that I will credit Facebook with is they give you a ton of controls over time, at least the last time I ever logged into Facebook, which has been quite a while. But they allowed you to, to kind of tune things and, and start to identify what you do and don't want. So maybe, you know, whether it's the Pandora approach of, um, you know, being able to say you like this, you like that. And it starts to, to use some heuristics to figure out what your preferences are there. Obviously, infinitely more complex. But I mean, you see that with music, you see that with movies. Maybe we need to start getting towards that with with our social media. Yeah, I, I think that's part of the problem is that the the tools are there that a lot of people like either didn't actually grow with the platform to see these changes and be aware this stuff existed until they just got on and got blasted with absolutely everything. It also requires effort that a lot of people are not willing to do. They want everything to be done for them because they installed the app and therefore it should just be like a personalized experience from the get go. Um, so that's, it's hard to get a lot of people to realize that it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, honestly, stepping back to the, to the IT side of it, it's like probably when any of us were to use, you know, a family member's laptop or something and like our ad blockers and all of our 15 other extensions that would hide most of the stuff that is like the terrible internet that most other people experience. It's like, oh my God, this is what everybody else sees. You know, I mean, it's, it's that perspective of like seeing the world or the internet view through somebody else's eyes, as opposed to the things that you've put in place to restrict what it is you want to see or want to focus on and things like that. I also think that one of the big problems that we have with any platform like this being run by any American company is the fact that our culture is not a globalist country. It's not a globalist culture, right? We don't, we don't see ourselves as members of the world. We see ourselves as leaders of the world. Truth or not, I, I don't think we're still there anymore. You know, it's, it's why I absolutely love the, the opening scene from Newsroom when Jeff Daniels just absolutely loses it in that interview, right? I, like, I cherish the, oh my God, if we could get back to this, that would be amazing. Yeah. But the point is more just, you know, like we have so many individual people and I feel like we have the majority of at least the society in the US that feel that their individual rights, freedoms, blah, 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 whatever you want to list out, outrank anybody else's or don't stop where somebody else's begins. Right. And they don't, they don't have that distinction of, I cannot do things that interrupt you and your life just because I want them. Right. It's, it's a weird mix. And, and I feel yeah. like social media has, has taken people out of the context of these used to be conversations that actually happened in a town hall with people looking at each other and also being somewhat civilized in a debate rather than screaming into the void or screaming at the internet on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately we've had, I don't know, probably a good, uh, in any way, any way you put it, a pretty decent period of time where we've popularized the idea of it's okay to say the quiet parts out loud. Um, just in general, you know, we've seen it from politicians and this is globally. I mean, America has by far been the worst, maybe the worst defender of it, but we've seen it globally as well. But, you know, 
that it's okay to say the really bad stuff. And I, and I personally think that, you know, you have a, a global spectrum of ideas of what's okay and what's not, but it should be well-respected. And at a certain point, we have to be, be willing to, to come back to what Matt was saying, to be able to say, okay, you as a private corporation, you own your own silo of the conversation. And if you don't want people saying certain types of things, then that's kind of your right. Unfortunately, we're getting people in a, with a lot of power feeling that they're being silenced because they want to say fairly asshole-ish things. And, you know, it's just such a, a tough thing to crack um, without maybe some government regulation. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely a fan of... of- government regulation. Um, I don't know that we necessarily have the right mix of people in government right now to properly implement that. So I'm a little worried about, you know, our, and when I say our, I'm, I'm talking the US because that's where the companies are headquartered. And today that's the company that would, or the, the country that would primarily lead that. Um, but I think a lot of this kind of comes down to accountability. Like people don't feel like they have the accountability, particularly when they're nameless <clears throat> on, on Twitter. And so I think there's a lot of concern around that. Um, there's definitely a concern around Twitter as a, a private for-profit company versus a publicly traded for-profit company. Um, you know, does, does taking it off of the trading floor give Twitter less accountability? Like they don't have to account to shareholders. It's it's Elon Musk and nobody is is ultimately who it reports to. So I'm kind of curious for um, from each of you, kind of what you think about that aspect of things. Like, does that in decrease the accountability and therefore make Twitter even more of a wild wild west as we kind of get close to the end of time here? I think it's going to be less wild wild west. It's going to be more at the whim of whatever Elon decides he should do or that he thinks he's going to either stay ahead of this thing to make it popular or make it a tool for good, bad, indifferent, whatever, or this is the way we're going to like run our profits for the next six months sort of thing. As far as the government regulation, I've just got to say, I totally want to see the video of like the Senate needing to be taught how to use Twitter. Like I, I would, I would love to see Twitter via jitterbug. <laughs> But in the end, like I, I, I think, <laughs> I, I think we found a series of tubes. Help! I've fallen and I've lost my tweet. <laughs> but like we, we found the tool that this is going to end up turning into if we really go down that path. It's going to be like we're going to be back to IRC, right? And it's going to be a bunch of people that have no idea what they're doing and just ranting at all ends, where. I feel like sadly it's going to more the other direction and less accountability, less people that are easily identifiable on this stuff and are there just completely anonymous. Uh, I see. I don't know. So I think the only thing that's saving the concept of Twitter, not becoming like parlor light is the fact that we're talking about 40 plus billion dollars that's floating out there and you can't just, you know, do the quote unquote American rich guy thing of just saying I'm buying this as a vanity tool and going to just, you know, I say I want it to be free speech. Okay. So the, so the gloves are off. You know what I mean? I think, I think that amount of money is probably the only thing that's saving us from that to be real honest. I will say I'll be interested to see 
if this does actually go through, what the general cultural response is going to be. Um, I do know that one of the, um, I guess, more known infosec Twitter type people um, a few years ago created an alt- alternative social media platform called Counter Counter Social um, that I've lightly been on. And since this went through, he's actually had to take the entire site down this past week because registrations were coming so fast, his infrastructure couldn't keep up. So he's having to redo it, you know, pretty much from the ground up and go again. Um, and you're not helping you're now, Jim, to... you know, with our thousands of listeners, you're just going to crash the site. <laughs> well, you know, well, you know, when you've got a platform, you've got to flex it every now and then to make the good things go get to go. Um, so, you know, this is just how we roll. This is, this is yet another so service. Counter dot social is, is now welcome to our, what, you know, seven subscribers. We might drive that way. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's it. We still love every one of you. Though. But yeah. So, I mean, that's yes. I, I expect to see you all registered there with Jim and Brian and Matt as your handles, because we're going to be able to, um, but, <laughs> uh, but but anyway, I mean, I'll be interested to see how much that kind of stuff starts to take off. I mean, we've seen waves of it. I mean, especially as we think talked about alt right, you know, how many how many you know quote unquote Trumpian um, platforms have we seen start fall on their face and then die in a horrible horrible death in the last four years? You know, it's not easy. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, at, at the end of the day, you're right, nobody is forced to use any of these platforms, right? We all have some sort of level of self-responsibility that, you know, we should be upheld to. A lot of us aren't, right? But um, we're not forced to use this. At the same time, you can't really apply, let's say, government rules to a worldwide platform, right? It, every, you know, going back to the whole, you know, America-focused conversation, I get that, but there's other parts of the world as well, right? What works for one part can't work for the other. Well, Say I it ain't love... so, Matt. <laughs> I know, hard to believe, right? Um, but as far as like regulations go, I, I would love to see um, essentially rules being enforced, right? No, if there's hate speech, cancel that account, right? Block them, kick them off the platform, slander, it Anything like that, if there is just, you know, even fear mongering, you know, it's illegal to yell fire in a theater, right? Why is it okay to do that on Twitter? It's, you know, spreading, you know, false facts and all that sort of stuff. I I think there's ample opportunity, um, regardless of whether it's public or privately held. If, you know, things like this could be adhered to, hey, you know what? Somebody's using your platform for hate speech, right? Go after them. Right. At the end of the day, I think that could solve a lot of problems. I think we could use some help and, and have our, our lovely, you know, emotional support Canadian teach all of us the proper way to just say sorry. Yeah. So yeah, that's always good too. Yeah. So yeah, it, it'll be interesting. Um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not one of those that's like, Hey, if, if this goes through, I'm, I'm deleting my Twitter accounts. Um, I, I think that's a little reactionary, but at the same time, if, if enough of my, of, People in those particular um, lists that I, I look at start to abandon the ship, then, you know, I'm, I'm here for the community of people that I'm, I care about. And if they're not here, then I'm, I'm out um, from that perspective. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, welcome, welcome subscribers to throw this back at us in two years and 
maybe we do an update show and it's entirely possible we say nothing's nothing's really changed on Twitter. It's the same same place it's always been with all of its good stuff and its bad stuff. So we'll see how it goes over time. But um, I think we're we're going to call it here. And uh, thank you all for listening. Um, we managed to get this episode out without any hitches. So um, thank the thank the internet gods for that. So we'll talk to you all very soon. Bye.